Off the Ball. Getting inside the game. Sponsored by Ireland's favourite car brand, Ford. Go further. All right, you're very welcome along to Friday Night's Off the Ball. We're going to be talking rugby for most of the first hour this evening. We're obviously going to be previewing Leinster and Wasps and looking back on why things didn't go to plan for Munster this week. That's because we've got Brian O'Jusco with us this evening. Brian, a very good evening to you. Good evening. Also with us, Colm. Good evening. And Kean. Good evening, Jerry. Also with us, Louis Van Gaal. So this is to do with 442, right? Yes. He doesn't like 442. How do we know this? Um, well, are we go- we're going to have to play the audio to find out. We have one more with 442 in a diamond. But when you analyse the games, then we have uh, twitched our ass on the bench. Do you understand what I mean? <laughs> okay. Because I, uh, I said to my players... Uh, uh, I was squeezing my ass, but what was the wrong expression? Because then you are doing that, and, and so uh, did he demonstrate with I have twist my ass on the bench. Yeah, uh, this is hot on the heels of Queens Park raisins, so he's on fire. He's absolutely on fire. Do we know what fire. he's talking about? Not really. No. <laughs> did you say you know what he's talking about? No. No. Yeah, I haven't a clue what he's talking about. I think 442 does that to us all. You never really had that many foreign coaches. Warren Gatlin, does he kind of... (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any weird phrases? He was okay with 442. (laughs) (laughs) Where are we starting to like him? Team selection was his problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, with uh, Louis van Gaal and Manchester United Cambridge uh, preparing for one of the biggest nights in their uh, recent history the League 2 side through to the fourth round of the FA Cup for the first time in 15 years and their reward of course to play us to uh, Manchester United at the Abbey Stadium LVG has named his team it's a pretty unusual looking attacking lineup for Manchester United tonight David De Gea in goal with uh, Phil Jones Marcus Rojo and uh, Daley Blint in uh, defence Fellaini and Carrick in midfield with Valencia Wilson Januzaj Di Maria and Falcao somehow lining up in uh, some semblance of uh, a midfield stroke attacking formation uh, we just heard from Van Hal uh, speaking to the uh, written journalist during his press conference but uh, beforehand he'd admitted that he's still trying to get to grips with uh, English football's obsession with the FA Cup that I cannot answer uh, you can answer that better than I I think I think that's your culture that's your culture. In the Netherlands, uh, for example, is the uh, the cup is not so important. But the last years, it became much more important. For example, in the Netherlands, Ajax, Feyenoord and PSV is normal. The, the best three of the Netherlands are out of the cup. That's remarkable. I think it is uh, take a long time back to produce that again Friday kick kickoff tonight Ian says I never have a clue what that fella's talking about and I think uh, <laughs> half the world might be in agreement with him another one is Brian a Man United fan if so what does he think of Van Gaal <laughs> I haven't got him worked out would you believe um, I don't know I, I have 
I've switched off a little bit this year for because um, they're crap now. That you know, all these Man United fans are abandoning ship. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't, being honest, I haven't seen a huge amount of them. But it seems like he, he doesn't really know how to deal with the press as much as he knows how to deal with his team selection and English football so yeah the jury's out yeah I think he was talking about his sphincter tightening right that's what he, that's what he was getting at isn't that that's the only obvious explanation I don't know I thought we'd moved on I'd hoped we'd moved on from that chair Oh, Jerry's not going to let this go. No. Uh, second game of the day has just kicked off the Africa Cup of Nations as well. South Africa seeking their first win in Group C. They're playing host to a Senegalese side that beat Ghana in their opening match. But uh, earlier on, uh, earlier on, Asimo Jean scored a 90th winner, minute winner, I should say, for Ghana, who claimed a 1-0 win over Algeria. Uh, now, earlier on, the teams named ahead of the final weekend of pool games in Europe this season. Munster and Ulster providing a timely boost to Ireland head coach Joe Smith. Still no sign of Conor Murray for Munster, but Keith Earl will make his first start since his recovery from injury after being named at outside centre for Sunday's Pool 1 tie against Sale at Tolman Park. Felix Jones has failed a fitness test on a knee injury so Simon Zebo uh, moves across to full back and Ronan O'Mahony makes his first European start on the wing. The injury to CJ Stander as well means Dave O'Callaghan is named a blindside flanker. Ian Henderson meanwhile said to make his first start of the season for Ulster after being named in the back row for tomorrow's visit of Leicester uh, to Belfast. The return of the flanker one of eight changes from last weekend's loss in Toulon the likes of Tommy Bow, Luke Marshall Craig Gilroy and Rory Best all returning Ian Humphreys also starts at out half in the absence of Paddy Jackson Ulster also incidentally announcing this evening that they've signed former Highlanders open side flanker Tim Boys on a short term contract up until the end of this season Connacht makes six changes for tomorrow's crucial trip for them to La Rochelle in the Challenge Cup. Robbie Henshaw, Dave McSharry and Bundy Aki uh, all ruled out. So Pat Lambs had to select a makeshift centre pairing of Connor Finn and uh, Danny Pullman. The other four changes in the pack with uh, Ronan Lockney and Nathan White in uh, the front row, along with second row Andrew Brown and flanker Owen McKeown. We're obviously going to talk in uh, great detail about <coughs> the Munster game last weekend and some of the other stuff that's got on. What did I ask about Ian Henderson? What's he like? Is he good? Big high hopes that Ian Henderson's going to go on and have a big career for Ireland. Yeah, he's he's uh, very very talented. Um, he, I think they, they think they call him Lama. Um, he, he's he's a difficult one to work out. Um, he's uh, a quiet guy and kind of goes about his business. Doesn't train brilliantly, right? Um, but then seems to pull performances out when 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 it's asked of him. So the few times that I've been on the same pitch as him, I've been impressed with him physically. It's just you know, does he know the calls? <laughs> so you know he, that won't that won't last long under Joe Schmidt. He'll really need to know the calls. Yeah, he's a beast, is he? He's he, he's athletically very impressive, um, and you know he's a young guy too. He's twenty one or two. So yeah. um, to be able to mix it in the back row or in the second row, he's played a, a bit of both. Um, I think he is a, a real talent for the future if he can just kind of modify a few of those important things like knowing calls yeah uh, Leinster head coach Matt O'Connor's made two changes for tomorrow's Pool 2 decider against Wasps at the Rico Arena O'Connor's kept faith with the back line that created and scored so many tries uh, over the weekend uh, last weekend against Cash but he's tweaked his pack Kane Douglas and Dominic Ryan returning Mike McCarthy and Jack Conan uh, dropping to the bench despite an impressive cameo from Luke McGrath last weekend O'Connor's also opted for the more experienced Isaac Boss on the bench Wasps uh, also make two changes from the team that won at Harlequins James Gaskell starting in 
the second row and Ben Jacobs returning at centre. Owen Redden of course will be the starting scrum half for Leinster once again tomorrow. The Irish international has been reflecting this week on his four years with Wasps when the Premiership club stepped in to rescue his career. I was finished. I wasn't. I was going to retire. Um, so in, in that sense, I suppose you know probably everything that's happened since then was was due to one or two you know coaches seeing something and having a pop off me or having a having a gamble on me. Um, and and uh, hopefully you know I think on both sides it paid off. You know I think um, enjoyed my time there. Um, and obviously since then things have followed on from there. So yeah, it's a. I'd always feel um, you know indebted I suppose to the to the club. Basically, I wasn't offered a contract in Munster, so you know, basically, you're faced with do, do you, what do you do next? And and um, I suppose I had a day or two of not knowing what I was doing, and then Ross approached me out of the blue, and, and I suppose I said yes on on the phone straight away. There was no there was no talk about figures or years, or it was just absolutely I love to come. So that's that's the way it worked out. And um, you know, at that time, it was the club, they were miles ahead in terms of their S and C and what they were doing with us training wise. Um, it was pretty close to what everyone's doing now, and that was ten, eleven years ago. So it was a great time for me, and um, yeah, I will be forever grateful for it. Yeah, pretty amazing. I didn't realize that he was actually that close to thinking about packing the whole thing in when was rang him. Nor did I. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, he's. Uh, I suppose you, you, know, you never look back but it'll be interesting I know we're going to talk about it in a bit more detail but I, I would imagine I, w- I only played with one club for all my career but the the club that you have left when you go back to them I would imagine you really want to yeah. um, you know, prove a point as to you know what they're missing and I know he left on good terms and it was his choice to come home but yeah. he'll mm-hmm. definitely th- there's a little something there where you want to remind the fans this is you know this is why it was good for you I presume he gets it against Munster a lot as well then when he's thinking yeah you didn't give me a contract there lads now look I've, I've done alright since how many Hunting Cups did he, did he win Hunting Cup at Wasps one, one, uh, one and two yeah. yeah not bad not bad for a man that was going to give it up <laughs> Uh, well done to Brian for winning the Golf Pro-Am longest drive last week, says Paul from Stepside. Oh yeah, we forgot to completely forgot about this. Kick, kick, job kicking rugby balls at uh, Rory McIlroy. Yeah. Longest drive. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I snap hooked it. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of run in the fairway. <laughs> was it no, straight? I just launched one. We weren't doing brilliantly as, uh, as a team and I knew it wasn't going to be nearest the pin. Uh, so let it go. And I got hold of it. And I thought, nah, I pulled it a little bit, but it's a few feet on the on the, uh, Just about the fairway. Yeah, forgetting so. fairways in or or not? Not, I would have said. Right, the yeah. Fairways, they weren't they weren't tiny, but the second cut was about a meter and a half off the fairway. So once you're in that, there was no green for you. I always wondered, is it a bit weird playing golf in the middle of the desert where you're kind of looking? There's desert, there's desert, and here's this perfectly like beautifully manicured grass. It wasn't really. It's. It wasn't really the case of that. There was a, there was a lot of grass, so right. they'd done the best job they could to yeah. you know to look over here, look over here. Yeah. This is actually this is kind of linksy slash Greenland, right? Okay, or, you know inland slash. Yeah, you know it's not desert at all. Science these days, <laughs> they can do anything over there. The uh, finals of the National Amateur Boxing Championships take place tonight at the uh, National Stadium in Dublin. The welterweight final, one of the highlights on tonight's card. Uh, 2008 Beijing Olympian John John Joyce going up against uh, 2012 London Olympian Adam Nolan. A four-time national middleweight champion Darren O'Neill also appearing in his ninth national final uh, this weekend after making the step up to heavyweight this year. In the absence of Katie Taylor, who of course is injured with a wrist injury, Louise Dunhu and Debbie O'Reilly will be competing for the vacant lightweight belt 
belt deep boxing beginning in just around about 15 minutes time now and meanwhile Roger Federer suffered a shock early exit from the Australian Open this morning for the first time since 2003 the four time champion has failed to reach the semi-finals at least in Melbourne after he was beaten in four sets by the unseated Italian Andreas Seppi and no such problems for Rafa Nadal who appears to be back to full health he was uh, booked his place in the last 16 against Kevin Anderson while Andy Murray will face Grigor Dimitrov in the fourth round in the women's draw Maria Sharapova lost just two games on her way through to the next round also wins there for China's Shui Peng third seed Simona Halep and seventh seed Eugenie Bouchard yeah so confidently running off Rafa Nadal earlier in the week was uh, a bit premature but uh, this is the end for Federer right there's no way he can do any more this season he's just too old he won a tournament just before this I know, in, in Brisbane I think his record isn't great in the Australian in general it's too early champion. in the year. Does he not reach every semi-final? Oh, that's Nadal then. Sorry, my, my fault. <laughs> Nadal's record isn't brilliant. The four-time champion has reached well. the semi-finals every year in 2023. <laughs> I give you a copy of this script for a reason, Tom. <laughs> I would have said that's not a bad record. <laughs> I'm judging him by his You're own finals, man. Chair. You're a finals man. <laughs> <laughs> judging him to, compared to his Wimbledon record, of course. <laughs> Uh, following his uh, disqualif- disqualification from the Football League Massimo Cellino has uh, resigned as director of Leeds today but says he'll return to the job in April the Italian businessman lost his appeal against the decision to disqualify him earlier this week so he's had to step down until his conviction for tax evasion in Italy uh, is spent or expired under UK law also Aston Villa manager Paul Lambert has reportedly given a dressing down to Jack Grealish for comments he's been making on social media the Irish under 21 international who hasn't started a Premier League game for Villa this season has told followers on Twitter that he wants uh, more game time. He has been linked with a move uh, to Nottingham Forest this month as well. And uh, speaking of golf, having started the day just three off the lead, Peter Lorre's drifted out of contention on day three of the Qatar Masters. He finished the day five under after shooting a 73 earlier on. Damien McGrain and Michael Hoey both went around 74 today and they're on two under par. But the lead is 13 under. Four on, four players tied at the top in Doha. Mark Warren, Brandon Grace, Bernd Weisberger and Emiliano Grillo. Owen Redden has 58 caps for Ireland I was shocked when I just looked that up says this texter I don't think that he's ever been first choice must be a very strange thing to be so good and be around the team but not on it for so long he was first choice for a little while before Murray broke through was he? And then Murray right after the uh, I think the the World Cup debacle in 07 he kind of came in for that last pool match I think uh, Argentina and he probably had a run from there Yeah. Uh, before Murray came into things and uh, Tomas then came into things into course, reckoning yeah. as well so yeah. he probably never held it down for a long period of time but Tomas was first choice for 09 for the Grand Slam mm. um, and I, we and were Strings kind of, was on the bench for that then as well yeah, yeah we were kind of lucky that there was a proper serious strength and depth and there has been enough at scrum half because if you don't have one decent scrum half you're to- totally screwed yeah we've always been pretty lucky in, in the scrum half berth um, and obviously having strings for as long as we did have and and he's still going and he's still going <laughs> he's 37 and every time I, I listen to a match in the, the premiership um, I hear how he's still topping all their fitness scores so it doesn't surprise me greatly that guy hasn't eaten a bad piece of food for about 37 years <laughs> 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 All right, 53106 is the text number. We're going to get into the meat of the Munster situation. We're going to preview in some depth Wasps against Leicester as well. All of that coming up after these. We want your opinions. 53106 is the text number. You can tweet us at Off the Ball. 
Off the ball, with thanks to Ford. This season, we're not playing by the rules. We're exceeding expectations. Now as standard. Ford, go further. All right, it's a Friday night. We have Rana Juskal in with us. Uh, we're talking rugby. And obviously, we've got to start with Munster because um, the defeat has sent, I think, shockwaves through the Munster fan base as they realise that it's going to be a while before they're back capable of competing to win this tournament. At least that's the narrative that's come out this week. It seems like it's pretty straightforward, though, that it, it would take a, a revolution in terms of their playing staff and injection of cash for them ever, for this group of players anyway, to be capable next season, no matter what group they're in, of reaching quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. The answer is, I'm not fully sure yet. I, 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 in, in theory, I agree with you, but it's Munster we're talking about here, and I, I was surprised with the manner of which the defeat, whatever about losing, they've lost games in the past, but the manner in which they, they lost, and I expected them to put in a performance at, at least. And I think that's what you know, the, the lack of performance yeah. and the lack of the, the passion that has always been there and always existed was what was the real shocking factor um, I was missing last weekend. So it, I don't know whether people are overreacting, but at the same time, comparatively to the great Munster teams, I don't. You know, with the greatest respect to to the team in the last two years and this team uh, this year, I don't think they're you know anywhere close to that really quality monster side that we saw for seven, eight, nine years throughout the two thousands. Yeah, they were one of the great teams. the The team over the last three years, obviously, has been incredibly patchy in the league and then managed somehow to wrestle themselves to the semi final two years in a row under Rob Penny. But you would say that the performance last week was actually in keeping with their general performance over the vast majority of games over the last three seasons, with the exception of those remarkable performances where Raj drops in the pocket after 27 phases. But they they got themselves into the habit of of saving it for the really important ones, for the big stage. And that always, you know, papers up any cracks that are there. If you're able to do it on the big stage and still somehow manage to get yourself through into the knockout stages, well then, you know, all is forgotten. Even to a lesser those, those kicks, sorry, Colin, no. those kicks don't go over, and maybe it becomes more apparent there's a few you know deep rooted issues, and maybe we need to you know look a bit a bit more into our setup or into the way we're playing. Whereas they've always managed to get themselves across the line, and that's why this came as such a shock because maybe this performance or maybe this was coming, but it still didn't mean that everyone kind of went, "Whoa, I didn't anticipate it." No. Um, is it chickens coming home to roost though for the last couple of years where they haven't invested in the superstar international players? I, I don't know. Is that just is is it just that they haven't invested? I don't know. Have the superstar players wanted to come on board as much as they did in the past? Mm. Um, and that you know, this is a career that people are looking first and foremost. Yeah, they want to go and win silverware, but they also want to make as much money as they can as possible. And the, the players that are coming over from overseas want to come to a place where their family will be happy, they have a chance of winning and they can make, you know, build their pension as much as they possibly can. They might have three or four years of it. And in the past, Munster, you know, had brilliant signings where they'd really good quality players that bought into that Munster ethos as well, Arua Topokis, the John Langfords, the Dougie Howlett. And you know, they were, when you looked at a team sheet, they were the first guys on the on the team. Whereas now, I think you look at, you look at the names; they're overseas players, and you know BJ Botha hasn't had his his greatest season. Um, Pat Howard in the centre, Andrew Smith in the centre. Um, 
you know, CJ Stander come in, he's been good in parts throughout the season, but nothing on any of those names that I, I, I talked about before. So I, I, you know, they're, they're trying to marry their academy with these guys, these overseas guys, but the, the, the caliber of overseas player is definitely not as good as it was in previous years. Do they also need to examine the quality of player that they're getting through their academy? As well, obviously, there are clear exceptions. Zebo is, is going to be hopefully a monster player for a very long time. JJ Hanrahan came through that academy and clearly well, has we, a future. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I, I never really made the point. I, I don't think in Munster f- five, six, seven years ago that JJ Hanrahan would have gone. I think the whole the whole ethos and everything within the club would have been that you know, there's a, if you stay here, there's a very good chance you're going to pick up. Uh, some some European silverware or you know or domestic silverware, um, and play for and, Ireland and, and play for play for Ireland. But you know if you if you're not in the mix, then you fight to get your place, and you fight and you fight and you fight. Rather than you know, maybe it's, you could you know see it as a brave decision that he went to went to go away to try and get first team football. But he's a young guy. Maybe did he not have another year? I'm I'm just asking questions rather than trying to get into his head. I just think that the thing. The mentality there might have just shifted slightly uh, from a monster perspective in the negative. Yeah, very difficult to get that back, isn't it? That's I was just going to ask the same question. How do they get it back? Is it just a, a matter of money? There's that. I th- obviously, I think you have to buy well, and you have to get good quality players in. You have to get guys that you don't lose to international camps in November. Um, the guys that that aren't playing throughout the summer. So South Africans in general. Um, that are still on the international team are probably not a smart buy. Yeah. Um, with the with the exception of someone like Ruin Pinar, but even Ulster this year lost them for the first three or four rounds of 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 the Champions Cup because he got injured in 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 the uh, rugby championship. Yeah. Um. So you have to start looking at guys that a you know want to come to a winning environment, so they got to get back to winning ways, and they you know they got to be in the mix for the Pro Twelve to attract those players. And financially, they have to reward them. It's 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 pretty, but it's pretty simple. It's it's a combination of the two, and it, it depends on the individual, which is more important to teams like Leicester. Historically, have always been known to pay, to to not have to pay as much as as um, as other sides because people want to go because there because people want to go there because there's more chance of you winning silver. And I I, I went and spoke many years ago. I had a meeting with Dean Richards when he was Leicester coach. And just to, just to hear him out, and he ba- he pretty much said that he said you won't be getting yeah you know the the same as other clubs, but you know what you know look at how many medals Jordan Murphy has or might have listed two or three other players, and it's a fair point. Yeah. And Leicester have always been that team, so it'll be interesting now that the dynamic that they find themselves in, you know if if they don't qualify for um for the the semi final in their domestic league or if they don't get out of the group stages, they're in the same predicament as as Munster. So do they have to reinvest or do they have to refocus and and look within and how do you change things and you know what's wrong with the model? Obviously Munster have to put themselves into that whole context of where the the global game is going at the moment and buy very well and and, and generally hope that some players do come through from their academy at the same rapid pace that it seems Leinster are able to produce like most of the Leinster backline is going to be from their own academy 
I think obviously Redden won't be and Jamie Gopperth won't be but after that next year obviously when they get Sexton back he will be for Munster they had more players or they had the same number of players from the Leinster Academy playing for them last week as they have in the Munster Academy Like in the long term that's not going to be sustainable No it's not it's not and you can't listen you don't want uh, for again you know not wanting to use this term for want of another term but you don't want another province's Castoffs or the fat in another province, or some uh, someone that the, one of the provinces is willing to to release. If a province really rates you and really wants to hold on to you, they will. They'll offer you that little bit more, or they'll tell you that you, you know you're you're in their plans. So the guys that have had to shift provinces, and some have done it very successfully. Don't get me wrong, and, it, and it's been a smart move. But yeah. in some cases, if you make that shift to another province and it doesn't work for you, where's the next place for you? Yeah. So it's it's that's also a dangerous proposition. Is it? Is there are there short term fixes that they need to do? Well, they need they need to. Um, I looked at Anthony Foley like he talked about sixteen injuries, and maybe not all of those would have been first team players. They certainly weren't first team players. But I think um, they they they've missed Donica Ryan enormously this year. I know Dave Foley stepped up to the plate in some games and he's gotten capped for Ireland and he's done well but Donica Ryan brings Munster to Munster. He yeah. is he is the stereotypical Munster player. He's abrasive, he's aggressive, he's um you know, he brings that real solid physicality, he carries ball, he does everything good that that Munster do well. Um and then even guys like Varley and Sherry, I know Duncan Casey's come in that you know when you don't have uh, a, a hooker with a, a lot of experience I remember hating playing against Jerry Flannery because he drove them. He drove that fitness dynamic. He he talked to me. He was he was almost brainwashing the rest of his team, going, "I'll lead the fitness. I'll I'll get us around the park. You just follow me." And I remember seeing it in Ireland, and I could only imagine that that's what he was doing in 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 Munster as well. And like that's probably why they've brought him back into the fold Is because he he's that sort of personality, saying that kind of stuff he in was, the middle yeah, of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like, "Yeah, you know, we'd be getting talking to Donica O'Callaghan about you know." This is also we're the we're the workhorses the front tight the tight five we're the ones that are going to do the graft so the rest of the boys can look good and he knew that that was his remit and when you have someone like that willing to do it and then is able to throw good darts yeah. and you know listen Flau always looked like he'd been through twelve rounds every time he played a game you know he 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 was playing at a, at a weight which was unnatural to him but he he was just he was the sort of guy that inspired you and I don't think. It's hard they, for the third choice hooker ever to be that person. That's the thing, you can't be that person. Yeah. So, um, so those guys, and even Dave Kilcoyne has been good for them any time he's played this season. And um, he's, you know, maybe had a bit of a mixed bag at Ireland, but he's, um, he came on in the Saris game and scored within 15 seconds. He seems to get scores. Yeah. And um, so even guys like him, you know, you, you, you're just in their pack. That's, you know, that's where they got largely beaten up at the weekend. And, um, that that seems to be the problem when they lose it up front. You know they're too one dimensional, and that's something they maybe need a marquee signing in the back line or something. You know, just to mix it up a little bit. I think I think they, um, I think w- with with uh, with the years that Raj was playing at ten, he he was unbelievable at manoeuvring them in around, get, getting them around the pitch, and maybe he was another one that you know. He he marshaled them so well that they, they didn't necessarily need fantastic backs. And some of the some of the backs from the from the, the Heineken Cups that they won weren't marquee signings by any stretch of the imagination. And and yeah. he just was had a capability of doing that. And I think <clears throat> Ian Keatley is still trying to 
to get to that place. I don't think he's there yet, but um, it's, I, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it yet. I, I you, know, you could look at it lots of different ways where it could galvanise them, yeah. but I just, I just get the sense that there's, there's a little bit of trouble there. Yeah, and they're going to have um, plenty of time to deal with it because obviously they've got <clears throat> well, they've got the Pro Twelve to look forward to for the rest of the season. But that's going to be a long hard slog for them as well because you know there's no guarantee that they're able to pick this form up immediately. <clears throat> no, I agree. And you know, Peter Manny has been banging on all week about a big performance this weekend. It's actually really true. This this like meaningless game is yeah, usually it, meaningful. All for of a sudden, them. it has become because you know the. And they've not they've not left their fans down very often. Coming from someone that left their fans down a few times throughout his career, you know, they don't do that very often, and so it's really stinging them. So they want to go out and put in a a big performance to get a big victory and and use that to to you know to tell all to show all the critics that they're not gone, that this was a real once off, and then use it as a springboard to go on and and probably need to win the the pro 12 to really Make banish any of the yeah, b- yeah. banish any of the ideas that you know they're they're, they're a t- team on the decline all right a huge game for uh, Leinster this weekend they're taking on wasps alex Lowe of the times is on the line <clears throat> with us to talk to us about the uh the game and just how good wasps are at the moment alex how good are wasps at the moment <laughs> they they're a resurgent force um certainly in england and and they hope in, in Europe as well. Um, they seem to be a club on fast forward, as I put it to James Haskell after after their win against Harlequin. I think last time I came on your show, we were talking about their move to Coventry, and on the back of that, they they won five in a row. Had their had a, had a disappointing performance at Bath, but um, as they said to me earlier in the week, that they learned a huge amount from that and came out and, and beat Harlequin in one of those extraordinary games where they had, they made over two hundred tackles. They had seventy. Uh, Queens had seventy percent of the ball, but but just couldn't get through. And they they showed a real, just a real heart and and fight um, to resurrect their their European campaign. Because as you know, they started with two defeats. They now won three on the bounce, five out of their last six games, um, and they've got over twenty two thousand coming to Coventry uh, weekend. And they're, they're full of confidence, and you know, a tough challenge for Leinster. All of the reports that I read about last week's game suggested they got annihilated all over the pitch and somehow managed to win by 20 points. Yeah, <laughs> well, half-time, they'd had, uh, I think, Quinn's had 82% of possession and and about the same as territory. They, they were just camped in their own half. They lost Nathan Hughes to the Simbin at one point. Andy Goode went to number eight. Quinn's, Quinn's didn't help themselves by, by tapping everything. They, they could have had, I think, six penalties they could have kicked, but they tapped it, thinking that at some point they'd have to, they'd have to find a chink in that wasp defence, and, and and they couldn't find one. And an intercept try, and then and one, one smart move from Joe Simpson, and and suddenly, despite being on the back foot for the whole half, wasp was seventeen nil up, um, and from that position they were never going to relinquish the game. Um, and yeah, it was just one of those freak games where you you, you never planned for it, but they showed real togetherness. Um, and, and from a club that was almost relegated a few years ago, nearly went bust 18 months ago or so, they, they really are, they're on the move. Alex, Alex can, you, um, can you have two of those performances in back-to-back weeks? A team like Leinster that are renowned to being, at being very good at, at, at bringing the ball through phases and having the lion's share of possession physically will... Will Wasps not be bashed um, from the from the get bashed up from the game against against Quinns and going oh, in on the back foot a little bit off the uh, as a result of that? 
they're definitely bashed up. I went down to see them Tuesday, Wednesday, and there was some very sore bodies still around the training ground. Um, they won't be relying on on their defence to win them the game again. Um, they haven't relied on that all season. It just happened to be one of those extraordinary matches. They they really feel their set piece has come on a lot. Bradley Davis, who's joined this year from Cardiff Blues, has made a big impact in the second row. Uh, Matt Marlon's been excellent at, at loose. So their set piece is strong. Um, and they have they have attacking threats, so they're, they're not a defensive team by any means. They're not a one-dimensional side who are just going to try and soak up what Leinster can throw at them. I think they'll feel a responsibility to to take the game to Leinster. They have to go and win, whilst as, as Leinster do obviously as well. But they'll, they'll feel they want to go out there and win the game, and they feel talking to Sweet that, that, that they have the weapons to do that. With Andy Good, I heard you just talking about Rog just then. Not in the same class, but but does the same thing for them. He's rolling back the years, putting them in in good positions, and they have firepower out wide like Christian Wade and, and and such like. So I don't think they'll be relying on on trying to just withstand them. So as you say, I'm not sure they could repeat that for a second week. The bodies probably won't stand up to it, but they'll certainly be physical. James Haskell is in the best form of his of his career. Bradley Davis, as I mentioned, Nathan Hughes has been outstanding at number eight. So they'll. They'll look to test them, so they won't just want to sit back and uh, soak it up. Great stuff, Alex. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. That's uh, Alex Lowe of the London Times. Um, so that's the story from uh, Wasps. Just looking up pictures of Andy Good there. He doesn't look to be in the best physical shape of his life. Is <laughs> that a recent picture? <laughs> I presume so. I'd hope for his sake it's not. Well, for Leinster's sake, it, this is a good sign. Yeah. Goppard, run at that man. Um Andy Good was one of those. It's 2013, so maybe that's you know he's been on a diet since and got fitter. Maybe he was just back from injury or something. Um, these back-to-back weeks at the end of the season where you have had one of those crazy defensive performances, how knackered are you? Even if you've won, you are, but absolutely um, a lot fresher mentally of the result. So that's a huge component and a smart. Uh, a smart coach this week. Uh, I'm sure Dai Young probably didn't go out onto the pitch. Definitely didn't Monday. I'm sure did very little Tuesday. It's about just honing a few things and getting bodies um, back into playing form come the Saturday. So <clears throat> it will have been very, very light and it would it would have been nice viewing from a defensive perspective, but they'll have talked about not being able to survive that for a second week on the yeah. trot. And it'll it's it's it is interesting and you look at all the stats of Leinster in in the Pro Twelve being uh, the team that, that, that leads um in carries, leads in possession and um not always leads in territory but is able to to bring teams through f- phases, multi phase, um eight, nine, ten phase on on numerous occasions. Um, that's going to test, you know, tired bodies. And if Leinster are able to do that and and get that semi-tired pack moving around a fast track in the in the Rico, I think that's where the 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 the, uh, the key lies for them. So Leinster obviously were one of the worst teams in the history of rugby until four weeks ago, and now they're really <laughs> good again. And look, I mean, that's kind of how sports fans and and that's how the whole world views things. Except the point you're making about them going through phases. They were doing that without it being clinical. For the last couple of weeks, they've been doing that and been clinical with it. So it's almost as if they were ready for these performances, that it was building towards this. And I, I guess Matt O'Connor knew that, but 
getting his players back has helped. I don't think they, they changed a whole lot. And, and just looking at, I think, what, what the, the performance that gave was a great white hope for every Leinster fan was the performance against Ulster. And again, in the first half, they didn't have a huge amount of possession, but the possession they did have, they looked like a threat. Yeah. And a lot of it was having... Um, having the willingness and the willingness to throw an extra pass and sometimes just needing to be a bit ballsy to to throw it where you know someone might be taking the space whereas the potential for an intercept or um potential for someone to get hit hard in a tackle in those circumstances they just got the little bit of luck where there were good hands or or you know defenses didn't read through and i think that probably inspired a bit of confidence in throwing a bit more and then in subsequent games in cardiff and then last week against cast you know they seem like a different team, and it's it's great to see those small little the small little interplays with the Leinster of old of you know nine looping and little pop passes from forwards onto other forwards or pop passes out the back to Ian Madigan or Jimmy Gopperth. It's just keeping defenses guessing as to who's going to be the ball carrier. And when you do that, when you get guys sitting down, it's going to create space out wide and. Got Fergus McFadden and Dave Carney coming back into form, had big performances last weekend, and you yeah. need to get those guys a bit of ball. That, that having the two Carneys and McFadden in the same team and Luke Fitzgerald is a team transformed where they've all had a couple of games together. Uh, it, it, that looks like a that looks like a serious threat. Like you got to get those guys a lot of ball. And Rob will obviously always counter attack when the opportunity arises. Um, but both you know Ferg and and Dave's mentality is is. You know, not to kick the ball. Kick the ball is really the last resort. So yeah. they'll want to go after space, and both of them are quite physical guys, um, so that they're happy to muscle it. So I, I think it 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 bodes well if they can, if if Jimmy and Ian Madigan can get the ball into. Also, you know, it's worth mentioning a, a really resurgent Luke Fitzgerald who's been very impressive, and I think he's getting better with each game too. The more game time he gets, the more confidence he's getting. You can see that that you know the injuries that he's had, the feet that that yeah. are, are starting to come. Um, I, I I really think that it looks like a, a very threatening backline. So they just need some ball. Gopper's playing well again. Jimmy's playing well, and you you might think that it's a very simple thing, but I reckon it could be down to his future um, being decided. I mean, we all know that he's going to to Wasps, and um, you know he's. He's had his critics in Leinster, but since Sexto signed up, I don't know, but probably two or three months ago, he was being in limbo. He's known that Ian Madigan signed up for next year, so he's not going to be around. Yeah. So when you don't know and you've got a young family and a wife to look after, it's it's important to get that that sort of thing signed up. And you know that we all heard of that three four weeks ago, and sure enough, Jimmy starts playing great stuff three or four weeks ago. So yeah. it, it might be something as simple as that. And he'll want to go to Wasps, his, his new club, now next week and show the fans what what they've got to look forward to. So um, yeah, I, I hope he has one. You know, he continues in the vein of form that he's showing now because he's been probably you know along with Jack Cohn and probably the best player of the last three or four games. All right, we've got to take a quick break. We'll be back with texts and tweets after this. Off the ball, with thanks to Ford. With the arrival of the brand new 151 Ford range, a transfer is definitely on the cards. Ford, go further. Uh, Brian, would you have Conan starting on Saturday? Hi guys, with Conan now not playing, have Leinster lost some of their go-forward ball? A lot of texts about this actually, and tweets too. Yeah, it does seem like a tough call on on Jack. Like I said, he was, he's been the, the form player for Leinster in the last few games. Yeah. Um, having said that, Dominic Ryan, before he got injured, um, 
was probably was arguably Leinster's informed player for the first half of the season. So I don't know whether they're they're going with a bit more um, experience there. But nice knowing you have a player like Jack Conan to come off the bench. It's it's definitely a tough call, and maybe on the way he's been playing, you know, maybe I'd have gone with Conan. Because Ryan was uh, that breakout star a couple of years back, and then was really riddled with injuries for a couple of years. Yeah, the the thing about um, about Dominic is he's he's you know he's not a huge guy. He's probably only a little over a hundred kilos, and for a back rower, that's not enormous. But he throws and throws his body around like nobody, and he puts in some huge, huge hits. So I don't think you're going to lose anything defensively. I just think he's not quite as good a ball carrier. He doesn't have as much bulk as as Jack Conan does, and. Um, maybe you might lose a little bit there, but you know, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the kamikaze tackles uh, tomorrow. Uh, Pajo wants to know, was Brian surprised to hear that Gavin Henson is on the move again, as in surprised he's still playing rugby? <laughs> and then this one uh, from, uh, from a Twitter handle that I can't read. Uh, if you tackled Henson, did his tan rub off on you? Question mark. Yuck. Exclamation mark. <laughs> I do remember Stephen Jones um telling me that if you room with Gavin Henson and you weren't into the bathroom early on the morning of a match, then you wouldn't be in for two and a half hours because there was a lot of preening to be done. There was leg shaving and saint to be uh, put on. So, yeah, you had to go and find a jacks elsewhere. So <laughs> I made sure I never room with Gavin Henson. He was a man almost as white as you were, um, Stephen. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> he, he was white. He was white. but You could pick up some tips off him on that Lions tour. I, I I did. I put a picture of himself, myself, and I think Jamie Roberts in <laughs> in, the, uh, in, yeah. in in the in the ice baths in and um, yeah, he he's not um, he's he's not fortunate to have uh, beautiful uh, skin pigmentation uh, similar <laughs> to myself. So um, some of the crosses you bear in life, huh? Was Henson could he have been a contender? Was he he was good? He was very very talented. There's no doubt. Very very talented. Um, you know, had a, a lot of really good basic skills. Um, another, you know, big, big guy in the tackle. Um, big boot. Um, nice passing game. Took the ball to the line. So he definitely did ha- have a, a a lot of attributes to to go the distance. But he just, he, I don't know whether he got caught up in the in the fame game or whether you know a bit of injury and and. You know, came at the wrong time or what, but the guy still has. I'm, I'm constantly reminded the guy has two um, Grand Slam medals and and I have one. So um, it doesn't sound like he was the best teammate of all time. You never really hear uh, any of his club teammates lamenting the fact that he's moved on. This is club number nine, I think. Keane said earlier on. Yeah, I think he went through a phase of like changing clubs, three three appearances, changing clubs, three appearances, changing clubs, three appearances, over like three or four years where he couldn't settle down at all. You have to question, you know, yeah. the, 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 the person behind the person then if if um, if you can't stick it out because everyone will respect, if, you, if you're finding it hard, everyone will respect hard work and digging in and if you keep bouncing from club to club and trying to find the perfect fit, uh, I don't know if that exists. Yeah, that's nine terrible clubs all, yes, all making those awful they're decisions. The, they're the common denominator <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, Munster remind me of Liverpool circa 1992 going to the boot room for their manager and not realising the game has moved on. I don't. I didn't buy all this criticism that uh, Anthony Foley couldn't be the right man for the job simply because he's not a foreigner, which has been a lot of weird talk this I, week. I really don't think the, the issue lies with Anthony Foley. I really don't because I know his rugby brain and it's sharp. 
Um, so from that perspective, I think they, you know, people need to cut him a little bit of slack. Um, and I just, I, I just don't think that he has the players that the monster teams of old had, and he's got to deal with that. He's got to recruit well, and he's got to make the the team, the players that he does have, better players. If Brian's calling it now, who's winning the Champions Cup? Uh, if you beat Toulon, you're winning it. Um, and Charles Edgar wants to know, what did you get for your birthday? Happy birthday, by the, the way. The jumper, thanks. You're 40, is that the... Yeah, <laughs> 41. <laughs> Listen, thanks very much. Enjoy the weekend. We didn't ask you for a prediction on the Leinster game. Are they going to go through at least to the next round? Yeah, I think they'll go through. I, I think there is a, a, a strong chance that the, you know there could be a losing bonus point in, in, in the result. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful because I, I do think there's a... a rejuvenation within the squad and you can see a confidence and hear a confidence talking to the lads but I think it'll be bloody tight Brian great stuff the uh, crappy quiz is up next lads thanks very much Off the Ball with thanks to Ford this season calls for a change off the pitch and on the road for a quality 151 offer you know where to turn Ford go further